0: Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 219 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. It is me, a solo Randy, this week, and it's the final installment of our series, Worshiping in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. We began a few weeks ago with, What Do You Do with the Mad You Feel?, followed by last week, I, just li- I Like You Just the Way You Are, and this week's final message entitled, Look for the Helpers. Of course, these are all thematically referencing the ideals and even the well-known and reassuring phrases used by Fred Rogers on his TV show, which brought understanding and comfort to so many, young and old alike, really. Today, since I am solo, due to too many circumstances to list and things you aren't interested in and the fact that I'm currently without home internet due to another afternoon lightning storm which has been almost every day seemingly for the last two weeks which knocked out my internet router and wi-fi router both i want to look briefly at some of the things that i've personally taken away from this series as we wrap it up and i have to drive somewhere early wednesday morning august the 12th to make sure that y'all get this when you are expecting it so i can upload it somewhere Don't think it's going to work on the hotspot. Love you, T-Mobile, but you're a little slow for uploading. So August 8th, we talked about looking for the helpers, and this was something that Fred Rogers' mom had told him as a boy, to Anytime there was something bad or something that scared him, her counsel was looking for comfort, look for the helpers, and you'll always find people who are helping. In 2020, with COVID and all the different things that are happening, no matter what we do, what we say, or what we plan, seemingly every outcome of our diligence has been assigned some COVID value or relevance, for better or for worse. You can't be who knows how deep into a global pandemic and not have everything focused through its lens, that of the pandemic. History and obviously Facebook and memories will look back and remind us of our attitudes, and the resulting conduct that we have from those attitudes in a time of crisis. It's not going to matter what our personal beliefs were about politics, hydroxychloroquine, masks, vaccines, or even black lives matter. None of it's going to matter. What will matter, because it is what will be remembered, is what actions those personal beliefs brought out in us. What did it cause us to do? How did it cause us to impact others, if at all? I mean, stop and think about it. This may very well be, for many of us, a defining period in our lifetimes where we can leave humanity in a better place than it was left for us. The opportunities to be the helpers, to be the actual hands and feet of Jesus, planting kingdom seeds, showing the world what the impact of the love of Jesus truly does to someone and the lasting impact it has for good. For decades, the world knew and honored a people unlike any other before them. The Greatest Generation. They were born at the beginning and through the first quarter of the 20th century. A nation of people were raised to not only survive the scarcity and scope of the Great Depression, but on the home front and abroad fought the freedom of the world at large in World War II. This generation is all but gone, sadly. And while we still marvel at their perseverance and their absolute willingness to ensure freedom for the world, at staggering personal costs. It will soon be only stories that are read about in books, streamed as documentaries or as movies. The first-person narrative is all but gone already. That tremble in a lip, the cracking of a voice, and the tear from an eye that witnessed untold tragedy and evil and bloodshed. It, the eyes that have seen it all, witnessed it all, were there in first person. They're going to be gone. So who's going to be our next great generation? What will cause the world to seek out the selfless and to embrace a culture of inclusion and love that roots itself in equality? And roots out inequality, injustice, and the corruption that is just so pervasive in our world. Who's going to spark the hope that in the midst of all this chaos, people of love and people of fairness can prevail against all that seems so monumentally dark and insurmountably wrong that just seems to be everywhere we look in our world. Last week, one of our whole life takeaways asked, how possible do you think it is for us to have no human as an enemy? but rather make enemies of hate, meanness, greed, etc. And I proposed at the end of that that the world needs us. You, it needs me, it needs us, all of us. All of us that have looked at the life of Jesus, and of course while horribly imitating his perfection, all the same striving to be more to ourselves, our families, and to our world than we currently are. Answering the call to follow Him and be kingdom fishers, Holy Spirit-filled seed planters. Allowing the same love that brought us into the hope of more than this world can promise, let alone provide. Maybe the pandemic is just another historical speed bump on the road to the end of time. Likely there's much more to come, and quite possibly more that will leave us looking back and thinking, you know, things weren't that bad in 2020. But no matter what the future holds, we can begin today to change the narrative about what could be, what should be, and what is possible when we find the common ground in our humanity and that our worth is measured by our Creator, not our wealth, our skin color, our place in life, what we own, but by our Creator. Even for people that may not believe in Jesus or believe in God necessarily, finding that worth is. In our creator, I'm encouraged by the intentional conversations we've had here at Whole Life Church. Through our recent series we have been opening dialogue with each other and through our weekly messages of togetherness, unity against oppression of any kind and against anyone, sharing COVID journeys and racial injustices that tell ourselves that we tell ourselves ah that only happens to other people not the good, godly people that we know and that I'm friends with. The courage of those among us who have shared their journeys of sickness, of death, discrimination, racism, the tears that have been seen and unseen, the hearts broken, and the spirits that have been trampled under all kinds of evil that we humans do to other humans every single day. The us versus them has to be replaced with I like you just the way you are. And of course, that includes every color, every creed, every orientation, denomination, and anything else that makes you different than me. Looking for the helpers has to be something that is both easy to find, but has to be rooted in that selfless love of Jesus and the eventual reward of the king who will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Nothing for personal gain other than the love you receive in return, the satisfaction of what is to come for both yourself and the people that God put in your path to lend that helping hand to. There is so much to do, and nearly every last bit of it isn't going to be easy. Delay isn't an option for those who are praying at this very moment for an intervening of something, of someone, pleading, God, if you're real if there was ever a time I needed you, it's now. I believe there's someone with right now that's praying a prayer that has my name on it and that has your name on it. If we profess to be a follower of Jesus, then I absolutely believe that this is true. It seems a little scary until we realize two things. The person praying is probably a whole lot more scared right now and at this very moment than we are in that In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Add those two together and it's not quite as scary or there's a little bit more empathy for that person in that situation that you don't know about yet. I think back to when I was that person, praying to a God that I grew up with, that I was taught about, but I wasn't sure of. But I was sure of the mess that I had made of my life without any appealing options. I just, I couldn't see any. I didn't blame anyone but myself, but I also didn't know how to get myself out. I didn't know Jesus well enough to know that I couldn't. And how rewarding was it? How comforting was it when I realized that he could and even better that he would and that he wanted to I'm hoping that you found truth and hope in these recent messages as I have, and that as we stand in the middle of so much anger and confusion and unknowns in our world right now, that we begin as friends and as a body of Christ community to see the chaos as an opportunity and a privilege to be the next greatest generation for the kingdom of heaven. And that will translate to a great generation here on the earth because so many people are in a spot right now. I've been producing a podcast called Hope Through Grief that some friends of um, of mine and people that we've worked with have started this podcast to help people through the grief process. And as you start to think about all the things that have happened with COVID and you know not being able to be together, and one of the things that they said that stuck with me is that they do a program called um, grief journey and they tell people that the first thing you have to not do is to, you just can't isolate. You have to find people. You have to find your people. You have to find someone to talk to, even if it's a, you know, just a, um, someone, a professional that you need to get in contact with. doesn't have to be a friend, but you have to be with people. And during this time of COVID and as we heard with, um, Hurdley and her cousin, the physician that didn't need to be working at the front lines, but joined the fight against the COVID and the pandemic and put himself out there and it cost him his life. There's so much need right now and there's, no, there's just not a good way for people to really be close, the hugging, the being together, the people that are dying in the hospital in isolation, not being with their loved ones, if there was ever a time that we could look at a situation and just be dreadful. I mean, this is it. But it's also, again, going back to our summer series with all of our whole life members and listening to those stories from Olga and The Shoes and Linda Ryan and Hurdley. And now the last couple of weeks, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, let's talk about racism. There are so many good conversations. There is so many people that are saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to interact in certain areas, whether that be racism or how do I interact because I'm deathly afraid of catching COVID and or bringing it back to one of my family members who might be compromised or might be in a high-risk group. And our safety mechanism kicks in and Let's just choose nothing. Let's choose to not have that conversation. Let's choose to not reach out and take a chance. And I'm certainly not encouraging anyone to go and do anything that would put yourself at risk or be dangerous or, you know, something like that. Everyone has to take precautions and take care of their personal situations. But again, I'm hoping that you found in these last eight to 10 weeks these conversations and the different stories that have been shared, that it's made you realize, like it has me, that this is the maybe a defining moment for us right now. How are we as a church? And by church, of course I mean whole life church, but I also mean the body of Christ. We see ourselves as a church without walls, and that's what we strive to do and we strive to be better at all the time. And so when you think about it that way, Even where we are, the church is just more spread out more often than it ever has been before. So really that should give us more opportunities. And God knows your situation. He's not going to give you more than you can handle. So to say, God, put someone in my path that needs my help. I am immune compromised. I have to stay home or someone in my life is and I can't be out and put myself in situations that could put them in danger. Ask God to put something in your life or someone in your life or a situation in your life that you can handle from where you are. Maybe it is a conversation about race. Maybe it is a conversation with someone that's struggling with thoughts of suicide and isolation. Who knows what God will put in there for you to deal with. But knowing that he will give you the strength to push yourself through it and carry both of you, you and the person he puts in your path, he's going to give you enough strength to push you both through is a pretty awesome idea to think that we can hit this head on and make a real difference right now when so many people are choosing to stay on the sideline. So I'm just super proud of what we've been trying to do as a church and how we've been trying to engage and keep people engaged and keep each other engaged and to keep lifting each other up each week. And I've really been thankful for these messages. So, Again, I just hope that as we move forward, you know, we just take a look at Fred Rogers. It's somebody easy to resonate with, especially for someone my age. You know, you grew up with Fred Rogers. And if you haven't, maybe go check him out. Fred is easy to like. He's easy to listen to. He's easy to learn from. And it's not rocket science. But the way he did it, he had such a talent for it that it just makes you go, I want to be a little bit more like Fred Rogers. Maybe it's just you need to be a neighbor that you can count on or someone else can count on rather to be that friend and to be the support that they need. Or maybe it's you need that neighbor. You know, we want to be the neighbor that treats everyone the same and we, we lend our handful of resources that we have as meager or as much as those might be that God's blessed us with. And I would say that, don't think of resources only as money. A lot of us don't have a lot of money, but we do have resources in communication. We have resources in prayer. We have resources in empathy. There's a lot of things that God has given us in resources. And maybe that's something we need to do is to pray for a realization of what resources we have and to match us with someone that needs those exact resources. Anyway, I would love to hear what you think about this time that we're living in, the world that we're currently living in, and being quite possibly the greatest opportunity in our lifetime, maybe it is, to be the helpers that God wants us to be. Send a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607. Send it an email to podcast at wholelife.church. Would love to be able to share your comments if you leave me a voicemail, i be happy to play that. And if you want to remain anonymous, that is perfectly fine. There is no list or contact list associated with the number that I just gave you. And so if you don't tell me who you are, I won't know. But I can still let your voice be heard to everyone else, even if you don't want to be identified. All right. Our final thoughts this week come from the close of Andy's message. Because while leading the charge sounds brave and noble, we all need a place to start. Andy left us with this challenge. He said, This week, choose altruism. Consciously choose to take the focus off of you, your worries, concerns, your fears, and decide how you might reduce another's worry. Relieve one of their concerns. Bring courage and bravery to their fear. Lay down your life for them. Lose your life, and in that losing, you will find it as you fully engage in serving the people in your sphere of influence. That just sounds really, really inviting and I would just say this week, my prayer is going to be for God to put someone in my path. You know, maybe I don't know what resources I have, and maybe I don't know what somebody else's needs are, but I'm pretty sure God can take one and two and put them together and make sure that their needs get met. So that's going to be my prayer. All right, that's going to do it for this week, but before we go, I just want to say a big thank you to a couple people. I want to say thank you to Olga Belnick, Dr. Vincent and Grace Shu, Linda Ryan, Dr. Hurdley Paolini-Reed, Atara Smith, and Stanton Reed. Of course, thank you for staff for this whole series that we've been doing, the last two, and the way they've tried to encourage us to see things that are happening and to put a context with them and to give us hope, and to challenge us to go and be The Church Without Walls. But for those that I just mentioned, thank you for your willingness to engage and share your life and your journey so openly in a way that just makes it easy for the rest of us to engage, or at least easier. You've led us as a community in a very difficult set of conversations and realities that are paving the way for us to lead in our community outside our walls and outside our church body and in our spheres of influence with love and a better understanding of the true love of God because you've shown us what that looks like to cast your fear aside and to take things head-on even when they're uncomfortable or you don't want to do it. So just know that you are appreciated. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. As always, join us next Tuesday evening and every Tuesday evening for Speaking of Grace, which is our message in podcast format. In case you missed the message last week, it's easy now to take it on the go. And if you need a link to that, swipe up in today's show notes and you will find it there in every episode. And of course, next Wednesday morning, as usual, it's going to be episode 220. And I'm anticipating that Andy and Jeff will both be back as we go into our new series, called Whole Life Discipleship and what it means to be a whole life disciple. So that's going to be next Wednesday on episode 220. So definitely don't want to miss that. We look forward to seeing you there and hearing from you. So 407-965-1607 or podcast at wholelife.church. Let us know what you think. As always, truly, thanks for listening. And I hope you guys have a great week.